Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And this episode, we are here with Mark Edward. Oh, hey, Mark Edward. Hi, everybody. Hey. A famous psychic. A mentalist. I think he might say mentalist and not psychic. A former psychic? <laughs> Is that Whatever true? works. Okay. Whatever you like. And we're here in his creepy-ass house, which is beautiful. <laughs> that's right. But we creepy. show up, so that's what we've done. We've right. shown up at his doorstep. So you don't have to. And, he's and in this case, you're welcome. Because yeah. it's creepy. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's well, no, beautiful. I think you're welcome, Mark, because you don't want everyone <laughs> showing <laughs> up at your doorstep. You said creepy in a what kind of it's, way? It's blissfully creepy. Blissfully creepy. Yeah. So my first question then is, why, Mark Edward, are you such a creepy weirdo? Uh, I, I was brought up that way. I, uh, I, I benefited from being around a lot of creepy weirdos uh, for ever since I can remember. I've always I've always liked eccentrics, and so it's just naturally an outgrowth of just wanting to be around people who weren't. I don't I don't like the word abnormal. I would just say they were in a different way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. So I was always interested in. And what's underneath the surface, people who kind of hide out. Mm-hmm. Were, were psychics and tarot readers and palm readers and magicians part of your upbringing? Yes, absolutely. My grandfather was a magician, and uh, so I was his guinea pig when I was you know, a kid. When I, I, he would babysit, I would get to sit on his lap, and he would do sleight of hand. And so immediately I was just totally drawn into that world. Oh, wow. So, and he had friends who were magicians, and it was just you know a, a lifestyle that helped me be creative Mm -hmm. so do you think from the very start you kind of understood this is a show this is stage work or did you have a believing of you no i never believed in any woo stuff really okay so at one point and our listeners some i was curious about certain aspects of it but coming from a magic background i just i knew there had to be more to it than what was on the surface when i when i see something in one hand i wanted to know what the other hand's doing in everything which can be kind of a curse because you can sometimes overanalyze things. Yeah. And you miss opportunities by doing that. Right. So I had to learn to hold back a little bit too and not question everything. I had like the sacred cows, you know, the yeah. ESP and animal telepathy and because I trained animals for a while. So I really, I really wanted to believe that that was possible. Okay. okay. So for our listeners who don't know, I mean, you actually made your living being yes. a psychic. So what else did you do besides being a psychic, being an animal oh, tele- telepathic? So I'll try and stick to the pertinent things. Well, I was like, a bartender, which okay. really helped. Okay. I was a chauffeur. I was an animal trainer. I was a teacher. So it's always been people-oriented work. And I like that. And I like going to different places and meeting new people and experiencing adventure. It really stemmed from having something that people wanted to talk about, usually themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're a bartender... You really can have a lot of experience that way. And when you pour alcohol over it, it <laughs> diminishes the connection. Mm. In other words, oh, once, okay. once you start to really break through with somebody and they're telling you their blues, they just either become a Jekyll and Hyde. And, they're less and less coherent. Yeah, they're less and less able to speak to you in a normal way. So I like bartending because of that. But then I realized, well, I could get a marriage and family counselor certificate or mm-hmm. something. But it didn't 
like that because that was too much book learning. I, I didn't want to be a therapist because I always, I like the occult. So it was a strange mix of influences. So you're a magician, you're a mentalist. Yes. You know how to do seances, tarot reading. Where, when did that all start? Well, I was doing standard magic for many years. I started at the castle in 1975. And the castle, for people who don't the know, magic is castle. Magic Castle in Hollywood. Okay. I did rope tricks and card tricks. And I was pretty good, but it was just boring to me. It wasn't really enough. Once again, I was able to meet some really outstanding teachers. At the time, I really didn't know how famous they were. They were more into mentalism, and I didn't really understand mentalism. I knew something about it, and then I remember seeing a psychic on television doing basically the John Edward thing, only this is like 1979 or something. His name was Elias. And for our lucky listeners who don't know who John Edward is... He's no a, relation, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right, right, let's clear that up now. John Edward is a professed medium. Who has a show crossing over. So you studied with... I worked at Hollywood Magic Company, which was the, the biggest magic store west of the Mississippi for many years. And it was just a treasure trove on Hollywood Boulevard. My goal when I came in there is I said, I'm going to go from one end to the other and learn every single magic <laughs> trick. Unfortunately, about halfway through the left-hand side was the book section. So I kind of got hung up on the book section. Mm -hmm. And as I started to read the books, I met Jules Lanier, who was a consummate close-up performer, but he also did the seance up at the Magic Castle once in a while. He started talking to me about mentalism, which is an allied branch of magic. You're still doing manipulation and mental deception and verbal deception, but you don't wear a tuxedo and a top hat and you don't pull bunnies out of a hat. You tell people you're reading their minds. And it really intrigued me because when I started to play with it, customers would come in. I would get the selling part over with real fast. <laughs> then I'd focus in on trying to do some mentalism. And I saw the effect on people. Well, I like that dice trick, but tell me how you knew my mm. the serial number on this dollar bill. Yeah. You know? And so I'd you say, well, you have to read this book over here. You know? So you're using them as your test subjects and they're fairly savvy about magic. And they're no, impressed. there were a lot of people just came off the street. Okay. The, the okay. savvy people who came in, they became my teachers. Because mentalism at that point, now it's fairly well known because of the, the television show and right. everything. But back in the 70s, it was kind of an underground. That's another thing. You know, I grew up in the 60s, so I was always drawn to the underground forms of things. A lot of the mentalism that I was initially involved with was passed around person to person. Okay. So I did mentalism, and then I, I was asked to become one of the mediums at the seance room at the castle. Mm, so okay. that's really when I made the big transition, because I was actually trying to do comedy mentalism, which was just... <laughs> I liked it. It was very much a performance art type thing, but it was it was not working for me because it was just, you can't do a miracle and then make fun of it. People right. don't get it. You know? <laughs> right. but like, why are you doing that? And then Carl Ballantyne, who was a very famous comedian, one night he took me aside and he said, kid, you got to make up your mind. You know? <laughs> are you a mentalist or are you a comedian? You're confusing people. Mm. So that was a turning point. So if me. you're changing the laws of physics for people, you shouldn't be making wisecracks at yeah, the same time. Yeah, exactly. Well, basically, and I think this is, this is what's interesting. When I look back on that, my humor was my way of doing a disclaimer. Because okay. sure. I think in a way, there, there's what's called magician's guilt. And it's hard to get rid of. When you make the transition from magician to mentalist, you have this kind of guilt. Because people really want to believe in mentalism. You do a card trick, they go, eh, clever. You know, good good work. But if you do solid mentalism, there's this question, 
well, was was that real or not? Right. So you have to really be able to lie to people right in their face. Yeah, that's what I'm most curious about. If you didn't believe any of this and you knew people were believing you, yeah. um, I mean, how did you justify that to yourself? I was an entertainer and I wanted to take people as far as I could. Okay. I wanted them to think that I had specific powers. But I used humor to kind of say, you know, if you really believe in this, Here's mm-hmm. the joke. Mm-hmm. Okay. But mentalists, serious, if there is such a thing, serious mentalists didn't like that approach. Because mm-hmm. he said, you're making it bad for the rest of us. Sure. Because you're making it seem like it's a big joke. Mm-hmm. Right. So I used that. But it. But when I became a medium, then it started to get dark. Okay. So <laughs> tell us tell us about being a medium. And also, did you run into any incidents where people believed it? And you Absolutely. had to kind of face what you were doing and maybe pull back a bit? No, I never pulled back because my rationalization was, it's called the freaking magic castle. Mm -hmm. It says right over the doorway. (laughs) It's a proscenium stage, basically, even though the seance room wasn't exactly a stage. Mm -hmm. But my point was, and I've, I've talked to Michael Shermer about this many times, my job as a performer is not to educate people. I'm supposed to fool the hell out of them. Mm -hmm. And if possible, scare the hell out of them, too. Mm -hmm. So it was my job to create uh, a ghost. To me, doing a disclaimer just took the punch out of it. Okay. Part of the reason why I kept doing it, let's put it that way, was because I would try and set the table for people to come up to me afterwards and tell me their stories. And that's what made it interesting. You know, because if I just did a card trick, they'd come up and go, hey, nice handling of that four ace trick. But if I did a really good seance, people come up and go, I got to tell you about Uncle Joe. You know, he's mm. he sits at the foot of my bed every night. And I love that. Oh, wow. Now, now if they ask me, are your powers real or not? I, they would say they would say things like, how did you attain these powers? And I would say, I read a lot. Mm. Uh-huh. In other words, I never lied to them and right. said, oh, I got hit on the head when I was young or I... You know, one of the <laughs> right, you right. let them stories. kind of come to their own conclusions, and yeah. you want to try to disabuse them. Draw out your own conclusions, because otherwise, if you throw cold water on it, they don't. People don't like that. Mm-hmm. They feel like they've found somebody who they can bond with. Mm-hmm. And it seems sometimes, even if you try, you try to tell them, they still Absolutely. won't believe you. Yeah, I had when I worked at a spiritualist church, they felt sorry for me when I started exposing some of the fraud that they were doing, oh. and their excuse was, "Oh, well, Mark really is a medium. He just." is afraid of his powers and he doesn't want to admit it. Okay, so wait. I back love up. That. Back I love up. that. You don't start a sentence on the show with, when I worked at a spiritualist <laughs> church and just get away with it. So what? My goal is always to try and reach the greatest amount of people with either information or entertainment. I'll take either vector, okay? So when I started writing my book, Psychic Blues, I, I kind of made, my goal was to try and make it to the top of the heap of the psychics. To go all the way to the top as far as I could go, as far as I could stand it with a straight face. Mm -hmm. And on my way, I worked for a couple years at a spiritualist church, which Mm. should probably remain nameless for this show. (laughs) But let's just say it's down in Anaheim. Anyway, it was a place where I went and I, I played stupid. I knew what was going on. In that way, I also found out that there's a lot of different kinds of mediumship. There are shut eyes, which are absolute believers. Then there are open mediums, and open mediums are like, nah, if I got to do a trick once in a while, who cares? And then there are totally open mediums, which are just like, this is crap, and I'm going to pull it 
pull everything I can. You know, magic is what you can get away with. Mm. Can, can you give us kind of just an estimate of the composition of? I'd say it's probably show? about eighty percent totally open. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Oh, especially now. Now mm. anybody with a tarot pack can can be a spiritualist. Mm -hmm. Hey, we got tarot readings. Yeah. We did. I mean, yeah. I, I think now now we're in an era where it's just anything goes. You don't even have to. You know, if you look at Sylvia Brown and John Edward, they don't have to do anything. They just stand up on the stage. And it used to be called Hurling Bull because there was a mentalist named Burling Hull. Uh, and Burling Hull used to get up in there. front of an audience and he would just make these proclamations. In two years, there'll be a railroad accident, blah, blah, blah. He would just go for an hour just throwing things out. So since you've done tarot readings, you listened yeah. to the episode of Ross and me getting ours. Right. Uh, what did you think? Did they do a good job? I think you got probably what would be expected if you took okay. on average what happened there. Okay. One of the overriding concerns I had listening to it is, I mean, if you go in looking for trouble, you'll get trouble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? In other words, you agree, you two agreed on certain things that you were going to say about what was it your My sister, mom. your mom and this and that and a, a really good reader like you said there was there was one woman that had a degree in psychology mm -hmm. on the wall yeah right? she read ross yeah. yeah a really good reader they can tell when you're jerking them around like that mm -hmm. don't ask me how it has nothing to do with being psychic it's mm -hmm. just a sixth sense uh -huh. if you want to call it that <laughs> and therapists have it doctors have it police have it police call it the blue sense mm -hmm. you know it's just the ability when you deal with people my point is, if you come off as you have a secret or you're not being genuine, they will give you an ungenuine response. Mm. And the others, I don't think we really had an agenda. No. We didn't ha We didn't talk about. Yeah, I mean, the guy was talking about fairy wings and all that. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's just. And there was no pretense for that one or mm -hmm. for any of my readings. Sure, right. I would ask for my money back with that person. <laughs> Seriously, really? And I've had I've done readings where people have asked for their money. Back. No, that, that, actually, this is good advice for our listeners. So if you yeah. go into a tarot reading, you have yeah, a right they start to say talk, they start talking about themselves. You just go, "Hey, Mac," you know. Well, because he advertised <laughs> himself as a tarot reader and didn't use the cards. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, like I was telling you, I went for I wrote a book on palmistry. I decided if I'm going to write this book, I better at least go to one palmist. Yeah. So I, I searched Call. for a whole. Well, I mean, I knew a bunch of them because I worked with them, but I had never actually sat down mm. okay. for a reading and pretended like I didn't know what they were mm -hmm. doing. And the woman I went to, she didn't look at one line on my palm. Mm. I'm like, you're the laziest <laughs> gypsy I ever saw in my life. I mean, say something. She didn't. She's, she looked at my hand, she goes, everything's good. Maybe okay. she picked up that I was not what I was pretending oh, to be. Oh, okay. Did, did you actually go in hoping to mislead her? Or you just wanted to see what she no, did? No, I just went in. I went in totally blank. I okay. didn't try to mislead her. I just paid my money and said, what can you tell me? But again, there's a certain type of person that goes to a reader. Yeah. Right. And if you don't fall into that category, in other words, you, people are hunched over and really down and out looking. Right. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but it just appeals to a lower segment of society because when you walk in that room they look at your shoes they look at your shirt they look at your jewelry they know everything about you before you even open your mouth mm -hmm. they already know what story they're going to tell you so in my case she probably smelled a rat hmm. so you know? when you say a lower segment of society do you mean like people who are financially in need or financially in need uh mentally ill okay. oh, wow. delusional oh yeah i've had people that were just they would buy a 30-minute reading with me, and I would sit there and go, oh, my God, I'm 
I've got 29 more minutes with this person. Mm. What am I going to tell really? them? Really? You know, they're looking for an answer, and you're supposed to be the expert. Yeah. So they sit down, and they're like, tell me, and you're going, tell you what? You're drooling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't mean to make a blanket statement by saying that. I'm just yeah. saying that people who do readings are savvy to people. The more you read, I think you even said this, if you went to a reader that you said, well, I've been reading tarot cards for seven years, eh, you go to somebody who's been reading for like 30 years, mm -hmm. imagine all the human nature they've absorbed. Sure, sure. And we had that. We had more experience. So to the unexperienced person, it seems like they're a wise mm. old woman, you know? Sure. Yeah, they're just a... A, a, a experienced dodgy human old woman. being, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you would give tarot readings, I we, still do. It, you still do. Okay. And you'll My give phone me number one is. Soon. <laughs> That's right. We talked about Barnum statements and right. cold reading. Right. How much of that are you using? How much are you using the cards? Are they props? Are you pointing out the names of the cards? Not what? anymore. Really. No, I, I, again, I think I think that if you do it for a while, you, you you don't get lazy. It just becomes part of your riff, just like a guitar player. Okay. You know, you have certain riffs that you fall into. You just go into that riff, and if it holds them, you stay with it. But so how I don't really try anymore like I used to. Like, I used to take it really seriously and study all the cards. Right. Well, here's, here's a question. When we went to choose individuals to read us, they had a list of qualifications. Kabbalistic numerology right. and tarot and roots and potions. Right. If there was a poster for you, yeah. what would it list? What do you do? Well, I pretty much, when I worked the 900 lines, I had a menu like that. I had, my favorite one was Ghost Hunter, mm. way before mm. people were saying they were ghost hunters. This was back in 19, in the 80s. So I was a ghost hunter, I was a runestone reader, I was a tarot reader, I was a palmist, I was an aura reader, I was a lip reader for a while at Nordstrom's, which is hilarious. <laughs> that doesn't seem to require any uh, paranormal skill to well, read lips. Oh, no, no, not no. <laughs> what they do is they put, they put a certain lip gloss that they're trying to sell at Nordstrom's, uh -huh. and then I had little cards printed, and they would kiss Wow. And then I would read their wow. life from their lips. But this is a something to uh, palmistry or iridology or, you know, something yeah. where you've got random data. I read data. bananas, too. I know you've Handwriting analysis, tea leaves. I read bananas at one, at one point. Which You're just saying words now. So no, what, I did. I, I read bananas. bananas. So you, you have the person eat a banana and then you what analyze. It is, is the way they eat the banana. No, the way they peel a banana is their past. The way they eat the banana is their present. <laughs> The lines the on the inside, the, the way they, yeah, exactly, <laughs> the lines on the inside of the banana skin are their future. I want to hear Ray Comfort. The, <laughs> <laughs> the point is, you Reading. can read anything as long as you have a system and you can keep a straight face. So, so the key is that you have some random data that you can read into. I don't know if it's random. I think it's very specific. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. So you're picking up real information about the person from that. No, basically what I'm doing is I'm plugging in information that I've used hundreds and hundreds of times, mm -hmm. just like a comedian does, mm -hmm. and making it look fresh. Yeah, okay. sure. Carrie and I wanted to give some updates on our tarot readings because we had some predictions that were made. We did. My tarot, tarot, you say tarot? It's tarot. You're kidding Believe me. it or not. No, it's an Italian word. What? You Forget don't say tarot. Everybody says tarot. It's tarot. I say tarot. it's Italian. I know everybody does, but tarot. it's wrong. No, that everyone be, says tarot. That would be French if I you say were... tarot. 
It's, up at the end. I'm making an important motion that no one can see. <laughs> yeah, it's actually terrible. I don't know how to describe that motion. She's jetting like her a, head forward and up. Like um, the Little Mermaid coming out of the water during that song. <laughs> anyway. You, um, you can call it whatever you want. Okay. Well, well, anyway. No, my, but you're not kidding us. It's Terrat. My background has taught me that the earliest forms came from Italy. Okay. And it's pronounced Terrat. But here's it's the thing. It's a game. It's actually a If game. I've learned okay. one thing from this conversation, it's that you're a liar. Yes. So. <laughs> Professional. Mm. I get paid to lie. I'm not going to say Terrat and look like an idiot. So, uh, my Tarot reader. Well, you reader, learn something every day. What can I say? Yeah. But my Tarot, Tarot reader told me that You know what? I it sounds so much more romantic to say Terrat. Tarot. All right. Yeah, see? Well, for that reason, then. Thank for you. For the sake of romance. Thank okay. you. Stay with Tarot. Okay. My Tarot reader, she told me that I would hear from my missing relative within two weeks of my reading. Yeah. And as of this taping, I think it's been about three weeks. Yes. Um, big, so, big guess there, you know. So, You're going right. to hear from your family over the holidays. It was, right. We figured it Four was probably a pretty yeah. easy, would be a pretty easy hit if it were a hit. It yeah. was a miss. I did not hear from my missing family. My reader made a prediction that my wife would be pregnant within the next year. Yeah. So we'll give her time to see if that happens or not. Right. But my grandmother passed away within a week and a half of both of the readings. Which you would think would be kind of an obvious thing to see. And uh, yeah. none of them said anything about see, a death. you're facing that on the theory that they see things. Just, you know, what you should expect <laughs> if it were real. Because we want to give them the chance that maybe there is something going on. Oh, no. 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 Okay. No. <laughs> You've all got right, it all we're, wrong. We're being too fair-minded here. <laughs> That's not how it works. You're supposed to only connect the things that are the hits. You're not supposed to worry about the misses. You guys are exceptional sure. because you're keeping track of the misses. Mm-hmm. Most people, they forget about the misses. They only remember the I'm, hits. I'm keeping track of the misses because she's supposed to be pregnant bias. within the next year. Right. But we did, we did notice the hits, too. There were some impressive yeah. good hits. There was mostly just sort of neutral statements that were sort of like, that's kind of You know, I listened to the show. True. I didn't hear any stunning hits. No. Like, no, no, You're nothing right. stunning. But there were good ones, like that I had just dated a sandy-haired man who I was annoyed at. That was like, that was a really, that was a good hit. Yeah. But it wasn't, we weren't like, oh! But aren't most sandy-haired men, anno- men annoying? Well, I mean, you are, but... You <laughs> and know, you're kind of sandy-haired yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe you like seeks like... <laughs> She's like, but you're sandy-haired and annoying. You have to look at it on balance. <laughs> look at it on balance if you had... How many questions that you asked and they got maybe five? I mean, that's that's the oh, law yeah. of averages. No, we get it. We get it. But I'm just saying we noticed both the, the hits and the misses, I think. Off topic, but I should mention that Mark offered us hot drinks. Yes, he did like a good boy. I like hot drinks. You do or you don't? No, I do. It's very oh. good. Clearly, he does. He was well equipped. He had a variety I, of teas. I already had mine tonight, so I'm good. Well, but you know, Mark, if you listened to every single episode, which you should, yeah. you would know. That, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you would know that I love hot drinks, you and want that some we more? talk. That, oh, we, sure, yeah. Okay, well, we better uh, every, keep going. Everybody, pause. Okay. Here you <laughs> go. You want me to do it right now? <laughs> yeah. So, Mark. Yes. We were hoping that since you are a tarot reader, that you would do a tarot reading on me must i would you would you <laughs> and we've chosen carrie because because you know ross a bit better we've known each other longer we've been part of the iig together for a while so mm-hmm. I, the I, independent I, investigations i'm group. not sure that yes. would matter but okay. really okay well well uh, you're doing me anyway okay. that's yeah, what right, she that's said <laughs> Um, whatever you want. Okay, so here you are. I got you these tarot cards. Let me oh, explain oh, how I work okay, it. Okay, here we go. 
First of all, uh, you probably noticed if you understand tarot cards that normally there's a big old... I'm sorry, I have to stop you there. It's actually tarot. Okay, yes. Yeah. If you know the tarot, mm -hmm. then you know there's normally 78 cards in the pack. It's yeah, usually but a big honking deck about like that big. Not like a deck of playing cards. And uh, Mark made a motion about the size of his penis when yes, he did that. Right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, so, width, width, oh, okay. so, uh, girth, yeah. So you'll notice that I only have a very small deck. Mm -hmm. And that is because what deck I use are mm -hmm. the, the major cards only. I do that because I want the reading to be fairly direct and brief. And the, these are the major arcana. They're the ones that will tell me the most about you in a hurry. Mm. I don't have to dawdle and go droning on and on like many psychics do. Mm -hmm. want it to be brief and to the point, and also I'm too lazy to memorize the whole rest of the facts, but I don't <laughs> tell the sitters that. Anyway. So, well, treat me like a normal sitter, please. Oh, I would, absolutely. Okay. So, in doing so, what I'd like you to do is take the cards in your hands. Okay, we've got them. And I want you to give them a mix face down. You can shuffle. You oh, can, okay. Yeah, anyway, shuffle. what you're doing now is you're setting up the story that I'm going to tell you. You're making the matrix, so to speak. I'm going to put my energy in these. That's right, I was going to say, and if you have a specific question... I want you to focus that energy into the cards. Okay. And I will try and answer your question without you asking it. That's the job I do. Oh, my. That's I know, and exciting. I was amazed when I saw the latest Sherlock Holmes movie, and that's exactly what she said to him, which I thought was <laughs> interesting, because I don't know too many other readers that they say put your energy into it, but right. they don't. They don't tell you to concentrate on your question. So no. are you concentrating? I'm, I'm trying to pick one in particular, but you this keep is saying very interesting important. things, so hold on. Very important because if you, it helps both of us focus. If you have a specific, I can give you specific right. information. Okay. If you sit down and you're just like, oh, la-di-da, I don't care, then you're right. going to get la-di-da, no, I, I know, don't care. No, I know, but give me fact. a second. Stop saying interesting <laughs> things. Well, Carrie's trying to make up her mind. I think it's a really good idea to have people come in and tell them, a totally different way of pronouncing tarot and called it tarot because all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it makes you out as the expert. Like, you know something they don't. Right. About, I could be wrong. About too. this whole enterprise. Yeah, but they don't know that. They don't have time to look it That's up. Right. <laughs> I like that. All right, do you have okay. your question? Yes, now I have a question. Okay, now you're going to cut the cards into three piles. Okay. This is your past. Okay, on your this left, is your my present. right. Uh -huh. This is your future. Okay. So now what you've done, you've heard the phrase, your fate is in your hands. You mm -hmm. have cut the cards in a very specific way. I certainly have. Do you want to change any of them or do you feel Yeah, no, I do. Good? I want to move this one, uh, which is my what is that past. That's your past. I'm going to move that into my present. Okay. Anything else? Yeah. Can, does it have to be on the top? Yes. Oh, well then no. Okay. Past, present, future. Now, right. I'm going to give you the benefit of when I do a really in-depth reading. Uh-huh. Because usually I have to do really short readings, but since we have a little time, what I like to do is give my client or sitter a choice. There's three different areas here, past, present, future. Most people know about their past. Who cares? It's over, right? Mm -hmm. So you may not be interested at all in that. The other side of that is maybe there's something from your past that you haven't resolved that you need to look at. Sure. So you might want to look at it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the present. The present is what's happening right now. Who cares, right? Mm -hmm. Most people only want to know about the future. Some people, however, don't want to know about the future. So what I'm giving you is the opportunity. We can read all three or we can cut to where your interest is to make it more defined. Well, as a genuine cheapskate, 
Yeah. And knowing that I'm getting this for free. You want all three. I want all three. Most people do, but I like to give you the choice <laughs> yeah. so that you understand. Fair. All right. All Here right. we go. Your past card. So you're pulling card over my past. I was going to the world. I was born in the world. That's very good. It's a and good start implica- already. See, but don't give me hints. Oh, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, she might have been on a moon colony. You never know. Well, also, it's implying that your past, your present, and your future are all different. That's right. Okay. Um, Ross, this is my reading. If you could just... Sorry. Just, Sorry. yeah, thank you. We'll Sorry. get into that later. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> do, do your thing. God. Past, present, We're thinking future. of just calling this future podcast, card oh, is no, the, the hermit, all right? Okay. There you go. So right. my past is the world, my, my present is temperance, and my future is the hermit. Yeah, there's some very interesting directions the reading is going in already, and I think they're going to make sense as we go along. So I'm going to start with your past and move forward. Uh-huh. Past card is the world. The world is a card of worldliness. It means you are somebody who you like travel, you like to see new places and experience new things. You get bored easily. I think in your past you've had a restless spirit that's driven you to, to just sample. The card basically means ultimate triumph. It means you are a person who knows how to get what you want. You can make things happen. The thing you've had to learn in your past, as you can see, here's this woman. She is surrounded by all these different swirling sort of entities and Yeah, I'm looking at a naked woman with, with animals around her. The way I relate it is those are influences. The thing that you've really had to learn in your past, which has been difficult, is because in your past, you've sometimes tried to do too many things at once. Okay. Or too many people or too many okay so so but what this card says is what you've learned in your past is that you can be very successful but only if you focus your attention on one thing at a time okay when you try and do too many things you lose you, you divert your attention this card basically means the cat that plays with too many mice goes without dinner okay you understand that yes, theory I do. Mm-hmm. so you've learned that lesson it's in your past but just because it's in your past, it doesn't go away in your present or your future. This is still your grounding energy. This is where you started from. So now we have a further take on that, temperance. Temperance means moderation. Mm-hmm. See how she's putting one toe in the water at a time? I do, yes. Before, um, the just world... for our listeners, I'm looking at uh, an angel who's putting her foot in the water of a pond. She also has these two vessels that she's pouring back mm-hmm. and forth. That's balance, okay? Okay. Whereas in your past, you might have been very impulsive and impetuous and you would just jump right in the water. You did not care. You went for it. You were a risk taker. Now you're becoming more temperate. That's why she's balancing. Instead of just jumping headlong in, she's putting one toe at a time, moderate. Also this light that's here, that's your intuition. That's your intuitive side. Now you're really listening to what your intuition tells you, not necessarily what other people tell you. Okay. In other words, your gut level right now is, is hitting on all cylinders. It doesn't matter what I tell you or what Ross tells you or anybody else. It tells me right now the answer to your question. You already know the answer. You just have to look to your intuition and say, that's it. Okay. So the question is already answered. Maybe you're just looking for validation or you're being stubborn about it because it has to do with something you don't want to look at. If you look at what your intuitive voice, which is the little Jiminy Cricket that sits on your shoulder that says, hey, I better not go down that alleyway. Maybe I should go around the long way. It's what you already know. It's your inner voice or your spirit guide if you want to go there. Okay. Before we go to future, I just want to point out I'm very worried about the fact that I started out with the world and ended up with the hermit. 
Yeah, but that, so that's, we'll what's, that's what's interesting about okay, the reading. Okay, here we but go. see, again, you're, are you a tarot reader? No. So you don't know how to interpret the cards? Oh, I know, I know, but, so but I do know that, that it's tarot. <laughs> that's what people do is people mm -hmm. make the leap. They see a card and they envision it as a negative. There are no bad tarot cards, only okay. bad tarot readers. Well, doesn't that just mean <laughs> that you'll tell me what I want to hear? No, I'm going to um, tell you what I know works. Okay. That's All different. Right. I don't tell people what they want to hear. I tell people what they need to hear. Fancy. Okay. That's but very right. important. Bad things do happen, right. so... Don't well, but the, but the that? point is, it's not it's not a good or bad. It's a shading, mm. and you're not supposed to be asking them. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me sip I on don't my know hot who drink. This guy is. I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we make the big leap from the present to the future. The way I break it down is this is four to six months in the future. Oh, that's the immediate future. Okay. People say, like Ross said, past, present, and future, they're all the same. It's like trying to draw chalk lines on a river as it's going by. I right. Mean, sure. It's already the future from what it was 10 minutes yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. Silly to begin with, the concept of past, present, and future. Here. So what I've done is I've since I'm using three piles, four times three is 12, basically a year. Okay. Because I find that my accuracy tends to drop off severely after a year. I don't okay. know why. All right. Works for me. So four to six months, the hermit. Okay. Okay. Now the hermit is a card. The hermit climbs up into a mountain. He sits in a cave. He meditates. He thinks about things. He really considers all the different angles. He's very stubborn that way. It's a card of isolation. It's a card of introspection. He thinks about things. Then when he gets the answer he wants, when he gets the big picture, mm -hmm. all the little details fall away and he gets the answer that he really came up to that cave to think about. Then he climbs down off the mountain and that's what this lantern is. He shares this light into other people's oh, lives. Okay. So what's Wise. coming up for you in the next four to six months is a break away from all of this. All you're, of gonna, you're pulling away from some of the things that kept you held back in the past. You're going to be seeing a time where there's solace in introspection, where you see the big picture instead of all the details, the, the microphone, the computer, the lights, all the details become insignificant. And what the big picture about Carrie is will jump forward. Okay. But the only way you can get to this is you have to climb the mountain. Mm -hmm. You have to go alone. You can't take Ross with you. You can't take anybody with you. This could be inner travel. It could be a spiritual thing. The point is you get to a place where maybe you're just sitting and looking at some rocks and trees for a while, and suddenly, boom, this is what's really important in my life. Okay. The rest of the things become less important. They're still important, but things go on the back burner. So you can see how that comes out of temperance. Sure. So since our listeners can't see the cards, you were saying I have to go through temperance <clears throat> in order to sort of get that focus of the hermit. Temperance is what's happening now. Right. Temperance is considering where you can cut your losses. And this is perfect because it's January. It's the first month of the year. Mm -hmm. Where can you cut your losses? What can you let go of? Mm -hmm. okay. What things do you know intuitively just are not going to work out? Let them go. Because then you have less stuff to carry up the mountain with you. And when you get to the top of the mountain and you sit, this card is a great card about perspective. Perspective is if you're in the middle of the forest, you can't see the trees. But mm -hmm. if you climb to the top of the mountain and you look at all the other forests, you wouldn't see it unless you're up there. Mm -hmm. So let me just use one more story to illustrate my point. People go to psychics. They say, you can't see the future. Skeptical people do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can't see the future. Well, I don't know about that. Because the future is a matter of perception. If I'm at the top of a, a huge building in New York City, and I look over the edge, and there's a right angle, and there's two streets, 
and I see a car going 60 miles an hour on one street and another car going 90 miles an hour on the other street, I know there's probably going to be an accident at that mm -hmm. corner. Mm -hmm. So if I took my cell phone out and I called down to the doorman and I said, there's going to be an accident in 30 seconds, mm -hmm. boom, there'd be an accident. And the guy at the doorman would say, how the hell did he know that? Mm -hmm. So it might seem miraculous. There's nothing supernatural about it. It's perspective. Sure. So this card, this the card hermit. is about mm -hmm. being on that precipice of that building and seeing the big picture. There's nothing psychic about it. It's just seeing things differently. But you have to make it happen. I can't okay. make it happen. No one else can make it okay. happen. Oh, you can't make it happen? No. Oh, God. Why I would not want to make it happen because you have to find that in your own way. It may make some sense in some way. You may be connecting it, but it might be something totally different four to six months from now. Sure. You might actually find yourself on the side of a mountain four mm -hmm. to six months from now. You're hiking. You sit down and you stop to take a breath and suddenly... Bing. Mm -hmm. Then you look back and go, that's what he was talking about. Okay. So question. Yes. If you said there's like four to six months between temperance and mm -hmm. the hermit, was four to six months ago I was indulging in things and now I have the temperance? Is it that? No, what it is is the past and the future can kind of stretch out a little bit. Again, mm -hmm. I can't really mm -hmm. be exact about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say... I don't say, think this guy's really psychic. No, I, I, I will say... Wait a minute. I will, I will Wait say, a minute. No, no, I'm going to... I'm wobbling <laughs> here because you're asking difficult questions I that the know. average sitter does not I ask. know. So let's say this. Let's say I'm going to stand by. Yes, this is a year. Okay. Because that usually works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. Springtime. If, if, you, if you have an opportunity to take a trip or go somewhere, particularly somewhere that you've never been to before... Because it tends to be when you go to a new place. I may be going to Mexico in March. Have you been there before? No. Well, yes, but I was quite young, and you I see now you're it. connecting it. It's still mm -hmm. four to six months away. The culture is different. The language is different because you need to get into this mode where you kind of push down inside yourself. You can't be out partying with lots of people. This is a card that says, "No, no I'm taking not, a walk I'm by myself." Going to a party in Mexico, but okay. Mm -hmm. He's saying okay. you can't go to a party. I in won't Mexico. go to a party. Well, wait, no, parties, you, Dad. You can do whatever you want. This is going to happen. Okay, because my job is a knowing job, not a guessing job. So oh. this will happen. The thing I'm trying to say here is the experience of the hermit is not a social thing. It's a introspective right, right. thing. I gotcha. I gotcha. Very okay, interesting. It. Okay. Excellent. Well, we'll have to see if in four to six months I have an introspective journey. Okay. We will yeah. keep tabs. The thing that I end this with is I say to the sitter, did I answer your question? Well, uh, no. Okay. So <laughs> I like to give the sitter something to go home with other than just not being satisfied by the reading. So if somebody tells me I did not answer their question, okay. the way I work it is I say, I would like it if it's okay for you to share the question with me now, and then I can clarify it with the card so that it will make sense. Oh, thank goodness. It might okay. be just you just being stubborn. Yeah, no, entirely fair. Uh, what I was stubborn. going to say is, <laughs> what I was going to say is I can kind of find the answer in there if I like tell myself it was in there. Well, let me help you. Okay. I'm trying to put on a play mm -hmm. and I'm wondering how that will go, whether I'll be able to get funding for it. I think you've got to focus down to specific individuals. Don't try to focus to everybody. I think that there are specific people who can make this happen but it's going to take a little bit longer than you thought. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. why the hermit is there. The hermit is probably the big picture. Once you get the funding, it's going mm -hmm. to take a couple of months, right? Y yeah, but I could do it pretty quickly. Yeah. So I guess what I would really ask in reference to the way the cards were laid out is, are there other projects like this that you're trying to do? More than one? Uh, yeah, not to the same degree, but yeah. What does your intuitive voice say 
is the most likely to succeed, mm-hmm. focus on that and let the other oh, ones that's go. That's the one I asked about, so there you go. Are you happy Smarted. now, Carrie? Oh, I'm so happy. Okay, yeah, I can tell you're delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we are harder sitters than most, no, but that's no, no. our job. It doesn't matter. Okay. I, I like reading for people yeah. who are difficult. Good. I just want to make sure when you go away... That you got something instead of going away and going, well, he didn't really tell me. Oh, anything. certainly. Yes, I'm certainly not dissatisfied. That. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. I mean, because uh, we go because we want to see kind of what the average experience will be. It's- if we may ask, and you're yes. a very experienced reader, for a half hour reading, how much would you charge a person? Yeah. A dollar a minute. Okay. Okay. It can go as long as they want. That's reasonable. So, yeah, that's, that's from my 900 phone much. years. Yeah, so I was going to say, in the 900 phone years, you were sharing the profits. Yes, quite a bit of it. Frankly. Okay, so how much was someone paying back then? Three ninety nine a minute. Wow. wow. And how much of that did you get? Mm, do I have to say? No. You don't. <laughs> Not enough. Okay. <laughs> Not enough. enough, believe me. It was sweatshop wages. Really? Oh, wow. But I did learn it, and I loved doing it. So We were talking about what was kind of your lead-up into giving readings, yeah. being in a spiritual church, 900 numbers. Yeah. What made you finally kind of snap and say, I can't do this anymore? I still do it. You do? I just did it. Okay, sure. Oh, you were there, Ross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I remember. No, I still do it. I just don't do I don't do private readings where you get really involved with somebody's life and okay. come back over and over. I do it for entertainment and I have agents that book me. Okay. And I go out and do it, but I do not like to have people be a junkie and be calling me. I used to have people call me day and night. I have to talk to you. I have to talk to you. Mm. I don't like that because even if I do a private reading, which I don't do very often, I say to them, I don't want you to call me back anymore. I've told you everything you need to mm. know. Goodbye. Okay. So you don't set, call me again. You set boundaries now. Yeah. Because okay. otherwise they show up at your doorstep nude, you know? Oh my. <laughs> it's actually Maybe happened. this is the it profession happened to, to a friend into. of mine. Yeah. Not to me. He's married, and this woman showed up at his doorstep. Oh, boy. And he had the kindness. Thank you, Richard Webster, out there. Mm -hmm. He told her, he's in New Zealand, he gave her my name. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to get you for that, Richard. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that happens. It's just nuts. And and would you say that you've kind of changed the way you present yourself in terms of your abilities and what you're doing? No, not consciously. Maybe. Okay. I think what Ross is getting at, though, is that you never really build yourself as someone who really has powers. I didn't, but I let other people mm. say right. that I did. Right. So now, <laughs> do you think you'd be more forthright with the fact, I do not have powers, or do you kind no. of still keep that veil? One of the early books that I wrote about mediumship, I asked people if they do disclaimers, and I get in a lot of trouble for this, especially with skeptic groups. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's appropriate in most venues. If I'm going to be teaching, like if I'm going to go to a skeptic seminar or something, yeah, sure. But people hire me to do a specific persona. Mm -hmm. And Doc Hilford said it would be like going to a fancy French restaurant and you order and then right before they serve you, the chef comes out and says, oh, this came out of a can. (laughs) Um, It just, it doesn't work for me. You You can't say... Oh, by the way, this reading is total bullshit. Right. Yeah, that's, that's got a certain fairness to it. I, <laughs> sure. I was thinking, like, as a stage actor, I wouldn't come out and be like, by the way, this isn't really happening. Yeah, but you don't have right. to do that. You right. have the proscenium arch. No, that, I know. But, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's uh, you know, it's kind of along the same logic. Like, the you're analogy, assuming that everyone gets it already. The analogy I always hear is, like, you don't want the actor to come out after Hamlet and say, I'm not really yeah. the Prince of Denmark. Yeah, Just wanted to clarify that with the everybody. Joker or anything like that. The people pay for the experience. The truth doesn't sell, and people don't want the truth. I know, because I've tried to sell it. And I'm trying to sell it with my new book. And hopefully, 
there'll be a sea change in people's minds where they'll want to understand how they're being taken in uh-huh. and, and understand this whole thing. But for the most part, people don't want to hear it. Yeah, I want to hear about the book, but yeah. just before we get there, so what would you say, where does this become unethical? Who are the project- practitioners be- who are doing it I think it becomes wrong? unethical when you get a hook in somebody and you take them and you just keep taking and taking and taking. You tell them the, the same thing over and over every time and they're not getting it because they don't want to get it. Mm-hmm. Or I think it becomes unethical when you say you're talking to dead people come on you know and I've had people challenge me with that they'll come to a reading and they'll bring a photograph and they'll say tell me about this person's spirit guide and I'm like I can't do that okay I could do that why would I be talking to you I I'd be running the world you know is there any iteration of Mark Edward in the past that you would go back and kind of shake and say hey I'm not really comfortable with what you're doing no I have no regrets okay the only the only thing I have a regret for is that I did a TV show called NBC's Secrets of the Psychics Revealed and I made Made a verbal agreement with the producer of that show not to show the secret of one of the mentalist effects that I showed and uh, he said oh yeah no problem I won't mention any names here but they wanted a prediction at the last minute everything was fine and I was happy with the script and the show and then the last minute we need a prediction can you do a prediction something you can predict in 10 minutes and I was like yeah but it's a magic kind of a mentalist thing and I don't mm. like giving that stuff away I said, I'll do it, but you cannot show my hands and you cannot say, I want you to say one of the ways this could have been done Uh so it doesn't Mm. make it look like I'm giving away a secret. And he said, yeah, no problem. And you know what verbal agreements are worth in Hollywood. (laughs) So there I was sitting in my easy chair the night the show was on and they zoomed right in on my hands and it pretty much killed my magic career. Oh, no. No. Still, to this day, it's been over 12 years ago. Really? So I would never do another show like that without editorial privilege of some sort. Mm -hmm. The rest of the show I still stand by because it was about phony psychics. Mm-hmm. But they chose this one thing, and it then ended up being a show where they just gave away all these secrets. Mentalists were really pissed at me. They mm. still are. They remember that. And it's silly because it's a trick that I actually know the person who invented it, and he thinks it's hilarious. He really? doesn't care. Okay. But all the people who are amateur magicians are like, oh, he gave away a secret. Oh, Burn the witch, burn the witch. As far as ethics and psychics, I have no scruples. But I, I, don't, I don't mean to really say that in a bad way. I just mean I'm an entertainer. Okay, but, but as there is uh, honor amongst thieves, uh, there's expected honor amongst psychics and mentalists. Oh, it becomes, it's like some Masonic ritual or something. You know, I gave away something that's on the cereal box, you know, and they're like all up in arms. Anyway. So Mark, uh, Mark is not sorry, people. <laughs> Deal with I'm it. I'm deeply sorry. Uh, it won't happen again. If you were marked by Mark, sorry. Mark, you have a book coming out. Yes. Tell us about your book. Okay, my book is called Psychic Blues, and it's Confessions of a Conflicted Medium. Hmm. It was actually, I wanted it to be Happy Medium, but they thought that was too corny. (laughs) So it's a book that I've been writing for about 10 years, and it's... It started when I was on the 900 lines. I would be up all night, and the next day I would have this log in my head of these incredible stories. Mm. Just amazing things, especially when I was a ghost hunter, because people would call me and tell me their stories mm-hmm. for three ninety nine a minute. They're telling me these fantastic supernatural tales and paying to tell me them. Yeah. So I kept a big log of those. There's a whole big fat chapter on that. 
but it's basically the real story from my point of view of what the psychic racket is all about. Oh. James Randi wrote the foreword to it. Oh, great. And he's compared it to Nightmare Alley, which to me is the highest phrase I could ever, ever want. If you've ever heard of the book Nightmare Alley or seen the movie, it, it parallels that kind of dark side of mentalism. Hmm. So it's... My experiences in the psychic world, and it's about agents. There's no metaphysical value to it at all. So if you want to okay. run out and buy it to learn how to be a psychic, forget it. It's the dark side. It's the scams. It's some of the tricks I learned to use. It's how they manipulate people. And, so uh, some real personal stories kind of encoded within a fictional tale. Yeah, it's 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 all true, but it's a narrative nonfiction book. And it's, okay. it's being uh, produced by Feral House Books. I tried to pitch it for many years to the major publishers, and they thought it was fiction. They wouldn't take it. They mm. say, we don't do fiction. I'm like, it isn't fiction. It's true. Mm. true so Feral House is a very, I mean, they're the right people. Their byline is forbidden knowledge. Feral mm. House is F-E-R-A-L, house. What they do is they take occult themes and draw in the, the intellectual people who are interested in the occult, but then you read the book and you find out the person was total bullshit artist. Mm. <laughs> like they did Anton LaVey and they did Al Alistair mm -hmm. Crowley. All the people that, you know, the devil worshippers, the so-called dabblers think are these major icons. But the book tells the real truth about these people. And you Go find on. out that this guy who ch started the Church of Satan was a carnival guy, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So mm. my book fits right in with their pitch. And when's the published date? They're saying April 2012. Okay, pretty oh. soon. So if, if our listeners go to feralhouse.com, is that where they would find it? You can it? go to Feral House or okay. you can go to my website to get a preview of it because I had a version of it that I was selling. You can read a little bit about it in my book section. But and What's yeah. your website? It's www.themarkedward.com. Okay. Not Mark Edwards, but Mark Edward. No S. Singular. Just remember John <laughs> Just Edward, one man. but then don't remember John Edward. <laughs> then, then quickly forget him. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, I'm at Skeptic Blog. I write for them. Thank you so much, Mark, for, Thank you for, for being on the show Thank and you. inviting us into your creepy, creepy house. Thank you. <laughs> It's, still, it's become more creepy now that it's you've been here. delightfully oh, creepy. That's so sweet. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, it's beautifully creepy. On a, a creepiness scale of 1 to 10, what do you give it? Oh, 15. Wow. Oh. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. It's like, it's a very lovely. No, I like it People quite a lot. People are going to think it's like a dungeon. Yeah, no, it's right. true. It's not yeah, a dungeon yeah. in here. We'll, we'll no, post no, no, a couple no. pictures. It's, yeah, and then they'll be like, what was she talking about? Yeah. Uh, I would give it, but I mean, it, it does have that pleasant creepy quality. Yeah, so I'm going to give it a four. Four on creepy. Okay. Homey creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I'll, kind of the Martha Stewart of creepy. Oh, yeah. I'll sure. even give well, it a... You could bring a girl here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll could give I? it... Oh, yeah. Susan says For I sure. could never bring a girl here. She's it's a girl. Susan being your girlfriend. <laughs> a girl that you brought here. <laughs> She's eminently unqualified for that statement. Yeah, I'll give it a six because this is delightfully creepy. That's Aesthetically, great. wonderfully so. And so, Mark, one last time, your yes. website? TheMarkEdward.com. All right. All right. Yay, thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.